Halloween campers and welcome to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling presents Halloween Spooktacular Listener Story Extravaganza 2022. We are your hosts, I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now that we've finished the longest title for an episode <laughs> in history. Hey, I made it through it though, so I'll take he it. He did, he did. Well done. Um yeah, we're going to hear some spooky fucking stories tonight. Happy Halloween. Seriously. That's what today is all about. Hopefully you've gotten to go out, do your Halloween stuff, parties, trick or treat, you know, anything, uh, have you? anything you do to celebrate. And now you get to chill with us and yeah, listen to some cool stories. Absolutely. So we got... We were pretty like happy isn't might be an understatement with the um response. We got a ton of stories and we had to narrow it down. Yeah, we've picked out uh what six six out of yep. those. So thank you everyone for all the submissions. Uh, again, yeah, we had a lot to uh, a lot to choose from, but yeah, I think we picked out a couple a uh, couple really good ones. Agreed. Agreed. Also, before we before we get started, tonight, Halloween night, Paranormality Magazine is is airing their award show. That'll be tonight. So definitely don't miss that. Don't either. miss it. Yeah. We are nominated in the mythology and lore category. Um So again, thanks for anybody that voted for us. Absolutely. Going up against the behemoth that is Astonishing Legends. So we'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. It's going to take a lot of fingers. Everything crossed. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Just to be nominated in the same category as them is a huge honor. Yeah. Oh, it's it's awesome. I mean, to be nominated in the first place, I think, is stellar. Like, not, uh, yeah, not at all what I had envisioned us being at that point right now so right yeah Yeah. it's it's just awesome so yeah tons of tons of huge honors going out tonight if you want to check that out just go to paranormalitymag.com paranormalitymag mag dot com that's right all right you ready you ready to get into this (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're on the same page here yep all right, so we're going to begin tonight 
with a fictional story submitted by our friend Jonathan Dodd. I actually first heard this story on a clubhouse. Um, he wrote it for a, a ghost stories clubhouse. Oh, nice. Cool. Uh, like about six months back, I think. And it was one with without replay. So like it was a, if you're there to catch it, you caught it. If not, it's gone forever. Don't sleep type on it. Deal. Yep. Yeah. So we're immortalizing the story now here tonight well for anybody that missed out now is your chance exactly right now okay so the story by jonathan dodd is called the tale of the flat man of vinegar hill vinegar hill that's right i dig it all right yep all right i was foggy I figured I was somewhere between still drunk and working up a mighty hangover as I walked down the old Vinegar Hill Road. It was pretty dark out still. That time right before the sun comes up, where visibility is low and and the world looks blue. I always thought that time of day was even spookier than the night. An in-between state. Kind of like how I felt at the moment. Though visibility was low and I was impaired... I could see the silhouette of someone making their way up the hill toward me. Another of my buddies stumbling back to their vehicle, no doubt. The previous evening was a blur. I had met up with some old friends from high school, and we all ended up at our friend's party trailer on top of Vinegar Hill. I made the mistake of going a little too hard and ended up passing out early on a pull-out couch. This was no surprise to my friends, but for me... It meant waking up well after they, or any other of their sober enough to drive girlfriends had already left. No cars meant I had to hoof it home. Down the windy, dangerous road. I didn't like walking this stretch, but I had done it a few times. Back in high school, I think a kid even got hit by a truck on this road, and it's always freaked me out. Anyway, my hangover hit me just then and I felt like I was the one hit by a truck. It smelled like it was going to rain, and I could hear thunder rumbling over the mountain. The silhouette was stumbling up, making its way straight toward me. Just then a memory flashed in my head from back in my elementary school days. The weird old man would visit our school, a historian or folklorist or some kind of thing. He would come out for our back-to-school night book fairs, and tell spooky stories. He always told the same stories and local legends, but the one that always stuck out to me was the story of the flat man of Vinegar Hill. As the story goes, living on this very hill back in Prohibition days lived three brothers. They would make and sell moonshine to the taverns and inns below, and mark their barrels vinegar to deflect any suspicion from the law or uptight townsfolk. It's said that they supplied and smuggled moonshine up and down the Tigart River, as far south as Grafton. And to this day, people know this area of West Virginia as Vinegar Hill. One night the brothers got smashed on their own shine before their smuggling run down the mountain, and didn't secure their barrels properly to the wagon. I remember distinctly at this point in the story the old man would say, They should have concentrated on securing their load instead of sipping from the bunghole. Yep. 
the bunghole. All right. Apparently, that's the little hole in the side of the barrel with the cork that you put the cork in. Is that what that's called? Yeah. Huh. Yep. The more you know. All right. Exactly. All right. The old man meant this as a warning, an important life lesson to keep your eye on the prize and not to drink alcohol. But it was always met with uproarious laughter from our third grade class, much to his dismay. On their way down the mountain, the load of shine barrels shifted and toppled over, knocking one of the brothers from his wagon perch, one of the barrels landing squarely on top of him. This is always where the story lost me, even as a kid. The two men tried to roll the barrel off their brother's body and squashed him flat, accidentally killing him in the process. Ridiculous. Yeah. The old man would always end the story by saying in a spooky voice, The men buried their brother in a cemetery at the top of Vinegar Hill, but on stormy nights when the thunder bellows and the lightning flashes, folks caught on Vinegar Hill Road would see the flat man waving and summoning the frightened person to follow. The flat man would stagger and nearly collapse, slip up and flap in the breeze like a macabre dance as he made his way back to his grave on the hill. At this point, I could make out that the silhouette approaching me on the road was not any of my buddies. Immediately, the adrenaline kicked in and I perked up. Not recognizing the man, I readied myself for what would come next. But the man seemed uninterested and didn't seem to notice me at first. As he passed me by in profile, he seemed to almost disappear. My body froze and my eyes widened as the flat man stopped and turned his doughy, mashed head towards me. Next, what caught my eye, and what was left out of of the third grade story time, probably to spare bad dreams among the children, was the flattened entrails popping from either side of the man's torso, bringing to mind a dead possum in the middle of the highway. I I was opening my mouth to shriek when the flat man tipped his squashed hat and spoke. Evening, John. Headed home? He sputtered in a gurgly voice. That was not gurgly. Apologies. <laughs> he just added Evening, that. John. Headed home. He just added gurgly for uh for effect. Yeah. Alright. Dumbstruck, I just watched in terror as the flat man pointed with a long ribbon like finger across the road. I turned to see what he was pointing at, and saw a white wooden cross affixed to a tree surrounded by plastic flowers and weather worn stuffed animals. I looked back at the flat man, but he had already turned to meander back up the hill toward the old cemetery. The fog of the night before seemed to have lifted, and things became clear as I read my name on the wooden cross. So ends the tale of the flat men of Vinegar Hill. Oh, snap. Boom. Alright, I like it. It's playful. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I really wish his voice would have, been gur- would have actually been gurgly, though. All right. Evening, John. <laughs> Heading home? That was I'm almost Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> home, are you heading? Mm, home, are you heading? Um, yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Go. It's good. All right. Awesome. I agreed. I, I like that story a lot. I liked it the first time I heard it. And so apparently, 
The brilliant artist is also a pretty fun writer. I mean, it's cool to... I mean, even just, like, the, the premise of the story sounds like it'd be one of those, like, super silly creepypasta stories that, you know, yeah. they would get passed around and stuff. Yep. So, well done. I like it. It also, like, already said you that. know... <laughs> It's very much like a small town urban legend, you know? Right, yeah. The flat man. Yeah. <laughs> also, I really like the description of his entrails hanging off to the sides like a... Yes. Well, was it like a ran over possum? Yes. Yeah. He just pancaked. Um, exactly. Because, you know, you would hear that story as a kid and think, like, you know, like a Looney Tunes. Right, like yeah. Like you got flattened, you he know. He just but, wobbles and wails in the air like yeah. a wacky wailing, inflatable arm flailing tube man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality of it would be, yeah, all your insides would be smashed out. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And he has a gurgly <laughs> voice. That's right. <laughs> you can't really blame him. I mean, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think if I was flat, I'd probably be struggling to speak to. Almost certainly. Awesome. Well, thank you for the so story submission. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought it was cool to like to mix in a little fiction. Yeah, you know? for sure, for sure. Because obviously, we're fans of of short fiction. We do it I, a lot. I, yeah. Here, so, <laughs> if you haven't been listening through the whole month of October, yeah, go listen, check out uh, all the Friday Night Frights. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so this one is actually from Carly. It's not titled or anything. Uh, so this is going to be more of like a personal account. Yeah. All right. So to start, given the nature of what I do now, most people find it surprising to know that believing in ghosts is a relatively new thing for me. Any strange experiences I may have had in the past were always explained away by my anxiety disorder. Not to brag or anything, but I have several of them. If anxiety didn't explain things, logic stepped in. One of these experiences I have always explained away is the result of being a child and listening to scary stories. I grew up in the South, Texas, where stories of La Llorona are just, a common, just as common as hearing about Bloody Mary. And I think I saw her. The memory itself is a simple one. I was once a cookie-slinging Girl Scout, and as such, we occasionally got to go on camping trips. They almost always included ghost stories. On this particular trip, we were told the tale of La Llorona, and we were camped, and we were camped semi-near a river. I've always enjoyed being in the quiet of nature, even more so if there was a body of water nearby. The night after we heard the stories, I was perched on a log looking out at the water and talking to my friends about whatever young girls talk about. My friends went back to camp and I sat a while longer. I cherish quiet, calm moments whenever I can get them. And so I sat and watched as a woman in white appeared by the river. Had I been thinking about the stories from the night before? Her hair was long black and shiny her dress trailed along behind her did I somehow imagine her? I can't say for sure but I do clearly remember that fear I 
but I do clearly remember the fear that creeped up on me. I sat, quiet and still, and watched as she turned to look back at me. And then she was gone. It's an experience I always had written off. I do have a vivid imagination, and I have been listening to ghost stories. Eventually, the memory faded. It may have never have come back around if the lady in white hadn't been coming up left, right, and center a while back. At first, I laughed at myself and the way I had been spooked enough to imagine a ghost visit. Something about the memory kept tugging at me, and I started to wonder if maybe there was more to the memory. I practice mediumship through the use of tarot cards, and my personal motto tends to be, fuck around and find out. So one day I asked about this memory. I was expecting the cards to give me messages that screamed, wild nostalgia and youthful fantasy. Instead, I sat down with the cards and they were like, so you want to know about that one time you saw a ghost? My answer will always be yes. I do want to know about ghost experiences. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. A fucking I, uh, La Llorona side. I mean, yeah. I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to say, like, if, you know, if that was La Llorona or if it was, like, something, you know, something that just happened to also, you know, be, uh, be going on at the same time. But, yeah, I would like to think, yeah. I'd like to think that's exactly what it was. That's awesome. Especially, like, that, that region, right? Because it's, it's such a prevalent legend right in like south texas and mexico and it's also terrifying like yes just everything about it is is terrifying so like imagine that is as a child like i didn't i didn't learn about that until later in life um you know so imagine that as a child (laughs) imagine her just sitting out here by herself and happens to see this thing that you were recently just told about yeah like, yeah, it it would be hard to kind of grasp whether or not, like, it's actually happening, or if it is happening, like, holy shit, <laughs> this is happening. What the hell to do? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, panic for sure. Oh, without a doubt, man. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that'd be, uh, that'd be pretty crazy. I think her approach to the way that it was handled, I think, is, uh, is pretty justifiable. Like, just kind of yeah. chalking it up to, you know, like, how that was, a you know, whatever, Being whatever spooked. it was. But now, later in life, knowing you know what she knows and kind of her her life and approach and everything that she takes now, being able to kind of calmly put that together and be like, yeah, yeah, that's most likely what it was. Yeah, that's super interesting. I don't, man. I wish I had shit like that <laughs> from childhood. Right? Yeah. I mean. Like, just these I get little it, like but, these know. little foundational moments, you know. Yeah. I think uh, you know, I'm I in you know, growing up and seeing like these little things and stuff that I've seen throughout my life. Um you know, always just kinda came at random times. Yeah. You know, so like I think it'd be scarier if you had, you know, been recently, like I said, just going back to even hearing about the story and just learning about it, and then happening to catch sight of, you know, possibly of what it was. And so I yeah. think that'd be far, yeah, that'd be far more scary than, you know, any of the encounters that I had as a child. 
I mean, you had some fucking doozies, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there were a few of them. You definitely did. Yeah. By the way, when we're done reading stories, I'm going to tell you about my first ever, I think I experienced a ghost. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, that's right. We We need to. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I was saving it for the Halloween episode. So at the... stick around for all the stories and at the end i'll i'll go through it perfect awesome cool all right yeah what have you uh what have you got next yeah big thanks to carly for submitting and um yes yes thank you (laughs) no that's okay um now we're gonna move on to alan alan says greetings campfire i've been listening to you guys since about episode 13 i think Whenever you did Die Out Love Pass. I'm a huge fan. When I tell this story, most people say, Oh, so you just had a weird dream? I get how some could see it like that, but I lived it and I know what it was. For you, I have a childhood story that I've wanted to share for a long time. If you have any follow-up questions, just hit me up. Anyway, happy Halloween to you and all my fellow campers out there. So... Thanks, Alan. Yes, for sure. Welcome, Alan, as well. Thank you for listening. Yeah, he's been listening for a while. Yeah, that's solid. That's only a uh, hundred and some odd episodes ago. Yeah, like a hundred and fifteen, ep- hundred and ten episodes ago. That's crazy. Like that. Well, yep, yeah. Okay, so he begins. I was seven or eight years old when I had a horrible nightmare, which I believe was not a nightmare but a spiritual attack. It began when I fell asleep, and I was woken up by a woman with a blue Victorian dress. It was like I was trapped in the 18th century. I tried to speak, and some of the other adults and children... I tried to speak to some of the other adults and children, but it was like they couldn't hear or see me. I walked around this farm... I walked around this farm-looking area, where the farm and the field met the forest, as I just decided to leave them, considering... Sorry, considering they didn't want to speak to me or couldn't. So I made my way about five minutes away from the farmhouse. So I just sat under a tree and I noticed that the trees had apples on them, so I snatched one off the branch and decided to eat it. When I finished eating the apple, I felt that something had changed in the atmosphere. That dread and despair was coming in a way I would least expect it. Some time had passed and it was now sunset and I noticed that something was coming toward me with terrifying, inhuman speed. It was the blue-dressed Victorian woman. She looked furious, but something was off. She was asking me why I ate the apple from the tree, and that bad kids must be killed. I was horrified as she tripped me up and dragged me all the way back to the farmhouse, where she threw hot water on me and and splashed all over my hands, and she started hitting me with a blunt object. I made several attempts to be polite, but nothing would work. She she was narcissistic and cunning, and would blow off in an inhuman, crazed state when she would scream and throw hot, scolding water on me. And she had this menacing stare that just stares right through you, and there was nothing that I could do. When I woke up from the dream, I got into the shower... The water temperature was normal, until I could hear her again on in my ears, and the water burned me in the same place she burned me, 
And I'm glad I have not had an experience like that ever again. Yeah, I imagine. Dude, yeah. That's pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he goes on. Reflecting back from my past experience, I have done some personal research and I have found out that the city where I live used to be a farmland in the 18th century. And they started building residential homes in the 19th century. And now there is limited farming in the area due to overpopulation in modern-day countries like the UK. I still believe that it was a spiritual attack, and no one can convince me otherwise. Yeah, I, I would say I buy that, for sure. That's, I, mean, I mean, that's pretty damn that's intense. Very, yeah, and it's very specific. Like, yeah. I was waiting for, like, some Hansel and Gretel shit to start happening, like... Right? <laughs> yeah, that's... Man... And beyond the beyond the dream, you have the the weirdness in the shower after he woke up, right? Right. The and like still, water temperature just yep. changing on its own, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, that's a crazy one. That's rough, man. Thank you for sharing, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. Next, we have a story uh, that was provided by Marianne. She says, Hey guys, I love your show so much, and I I so hope that you get some spooky season joy out of my own little tale of the strange and unsettling. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Alright. So this is a true story, and it actually happened to my mom. Now, it may seem unbelievable, but it it really did happen. So my mom, my mom had a loving, start over. So my mom had a loving relationship with her, with her grandma and loved to visit her as a child until her unfortunate passing. However, strange things happened to her when she used to visit her house and to her grandma. In one instance, they were gardening together when footprints appeared in the freshly sowed soil. Another time, the toaster was painted, and she and her grandma had to chisel it all off. Another time, she saw him across the street. Who's him? That's a good question. I was trying to find, like, if I skipped something. Yeah. But I didn't. So let's just call him him. Yeah. She saw him across the street. Other times... The cat would stare off into seemingly no nowhere and follow something and then suddenly leave. Another time, there was vacuuming in the neighbor's house while the neighbors were gone, and when they went to investigate, nothing was there. And once, there was a knife stuck into the side of the doorway. Which, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's some, um... Most of that is pretty classic, like poltergeist right. style stuff, right? But the knife in the doorway is pretty ominous. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Now, all this seems really, really strange to me, and I half believed it. Until now. My mom's aunt moved into this house after my mom's grandma had passed. Then, my aunt passed away recently, unfortunately. So my mom was there helping her uncle and selling the stuff and having a garage sale. She just called while on her way home and told me this. 
While selling some stuff, she suddenly saw this white rocking chair. There was a small boy about ten, rocking in this chair very hard. He had brown hair. So my mom walked by and said something like, Having fun in that rocking chair? To which he looked at her very angrily and then replied, It's haunted. My mom laughed and said, Really? How do you know? And he said, It's haunted. I can feel it. He then walked off and my mom couldn't find him. It was as if he disappeared. She asked one of the other people helping if they saw the boy and they said no. Which was reasonable since there were a lot of people there. She then asked where the white rocking chair was from and they replied, What chair? The other two people who stayed in that house also said that weird things were happening all night. I'm sorry, but what chair? Heck no. This is a hor- this is horror movie material. All I'm saying is that I do not care how much family history we have in this house. I will never be visiting this house ever again. Nope, nope, nope. With a big capital nope. I hope you guys like this story, even though I am freaked out. My mom is now calling one of the other ladies and is going to ask about the chair and boy. So I will be sitting here with any update with blessed cro- with my blessed cross and holy water. Thank you very much. That's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. So, so it's a ghost boy and a ghost chair. <laughs> Apparently. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like... Hmm. Seeing well, I guess I guess seeing like objects like that, that's not too too out of the ordinary. But not yeah. as common as seeing like an apparition or something like that. I mean yeah. normally and again I say normally sparingly, because right. you know in this case, normally you would kind of expect it just to be the ghost boy and then him sitting in like a physical rocking chair or something, right? Yeah. But yeah, that's cool. And and with all the other stuff happening, like yeah, it's uh yeah. It seems like a very active house, which is that would be awesome to visit. That's cool. It's a portal house. Yeah, man. For sure. I wonder if they have a yeah. big giant mirror that's been like secured there for the last like 50 years. <laughs> because that could be it right if there. so, that port that is a portal. It is a rift. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Thank you for the awesome right. story and letting me yeah. also narrate uh, your ending. <laughs> I, I love like just the reactions to everything is fun. So that's cool. Definitely. Okay. So this next story, it was submitted anonymously. Okay. I too okay. have an anonymous story as well. So excellent. Okay. So. A story I remember from my childhood. I remember hearing this story like it was earlier today, but in fact it was ten years ago when I was a preteen kid. An older kid, call him Calvin, who rode the bus to school with us, had drowned while fishing near a dam as the undercurrent dragged him under the water. His body was found later. Anyway, the story was that shortly before he drowned, his mother experienced something a few nights prior. She said she had seen an image of a being at the foot of the uh, at the foot of his bed one night as he slept. As she went to speak, the image turned toward her 
and shushed her. What a jerk. <laughs> That's fucking scary. <laughs> no doubt. Imagine you walk in, you just see like a shadowy figure at the foot of the bed, and you, you're like, it just notices you and turns toward you and just, shh, baby sleeping. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she later told her husband, who dismissed it as nothing more than her seeing things. After Calvin died, she again told her husband the story. At that moment, she realized who the image was. It was her brother, Calvin's uncle, who had drowned a few years before. He often took Calvin fishing when he was a young kid. I'll add another, more recent. My brother and his friend live near a cemetery and have shown me video from their phones of where these small floating lights will flow through their house while they sit and watch TV in the evenings. They believe it to be children from the cemetery who come to play with their granddaughter whenever she visits. The way that they usually notice the floating lights will be their dog staring off at a random corner or direction in the house, either growling or barking. It's happened about a dozen or so times, and they've caught it on their phones a few. That is all. First off, we have, like, an orb swarm. Right. Just, like, flowing through this house toward the cemetery. Yeah, I mean, especially... it. You know, as long as I'll say they'll say this because, and I know this is going to irk all the paranormal investigators. Um, as long as it's not like a random picture of an orb, because I don't buy that shit at all. It's always it's Same. always dust particles. Same. You can argue it all day long. I don't care. Or bugs. It's fun. Or bugs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now, if you see an active orb, let's think of ghost yeah. lights, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. If you have, like, legit live-action spook lights flowing through your house toward the cemetery next door, that's legit. Agreed. I just wonder if all these orbs, if they ever see any rods. Hmm. I I miss rods. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's that's a good question. Most of them are, like, bugs and... Right, yeah. I mean... I, I know we yeah, yeah. we brought them up on a few times, a few occasions, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's just growing up watching like sightings and watching, right. you know, um, unsolved mysteries, and they used to talk about orbs and rods. Yeah, exactly, all the time. It was a yeah, <laughs> it was very common to tie to tie the two together. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, they're these both days mostly it's, the same thing in photos. I mean, they are exactly. But these days it's like, oh, you see this? This is an orb. It went right into her. Yeah, a piece yeah. of dust landed on her forehead. Sorry, bud. All that shit, like, and watch as the orb flies into the back of Zach Baggins' head. And then all of a and sudden then he gets he's very angry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then you see Zach Baggins in the corner. He's like, oh, I just don't feel good. And I'm mad. <laughs> Eventually, he's, he's got to. He's gonna like hear our, our show sometime and like just come at us, right? No disrespect. He's like, like you know, it's, we say it I'm all in slightly, good fun. <laughs> I'm slightly more aggressive than I was before. And then it like you'll see something that pops up and it says, "Watch as Zach attacks the cameraman," and he's like, "Come at <laughs> yeah. me, come at me." <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, <laughs> I'm I not making this up because it's actually happened in multiple I episodes. Know. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's silly, so silly. Uh. But you know, he's got a he's got to fund his museum and stuff. Yeah, duh. So what better um, way? His culture thug. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, whoever you are, anonymous. Thanks so much for submitting. I thought that was super for sure. Cool. Yeah, no, that that is a cool one. Yeah. I, I love. Yeah, I just love the submissions. Like, and just they're very playful, and which I I think is super cool. Yeah. Like, and the next one we have is is very similar. Um, it's a little bit more. I guess it's well, maybe it's not so playful, but uh, it's actually pretty awesome. Uh, I'll just say that it's it's yeah, very it's it's a very cool story, and it's also it has a little bit of sadness behind it, but it's it's also very very positive in the end. I'll give that away first. I think I'm um, prepared, but yes, this is another anonymous one. So again, thank you, anonymous, for posting. Um, I'll just go ahead and start. When I was 19, my best friend was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer. We knew her cancer was terminal, and she had a life expectancy of 5 years at most. Her and I would talk every now and then about passing on and how even though I was healthy, I could always go before her in a crash or some other way. We made a pact that no matter which one of us left first... We would come back to the other and let them know how let them know that there was more to life after death. She eventually passed away from her illness at 22 years old, leaving behind her husband and her 3-year-old son. She passed away on a Sunday at 8:20 a.m. I remember the call from her husband vividly. He asked me to bring her son to the hospital because she had passed away. That day was a complete blur. I couldn't even find myself to come to the reality that she was no longer with us. It all felt unreal. We were allowed to be there with her for a few hours in the hospital room before she was taken away. But while we were there with her, I don't know, I was in a complete shock. And my mind was just couldn't process it. I didn't even cry. Leaving the hospital was so strange because... At the time, I had no children, and my life revolves around my work, my home, and her. She lived a few minutes from my job at the time, so I would always leave work very early to see her, whether she was at home or in the hospital. I loved her so much, I could never be away from her. So now, knowing I had to go home and trying to process I would never see her again, just threw my life for a spin. That night I couldn't sleep. I just kept trying to make sense of it all. And on all honesty, I don't even remember the thoughts that were going through my head, but the feelings of loss and confusion were very prevalent in me. I couldn't sleep at all, but around 3, a, around three in the morning, I felt the most beautiful and reassuring feeling I ever felt. I felt what I can only describe as a warm hug take over me, from head to toe, and I fell asleep. That night I had a dream. In my dream, I called her husband to let him know that she had written me a letter. He then tells me that it's funny because she left him a voicemail 
He then asks me to read him the letter. So I read it to him. In this letter, she tells us how thankful she is that we were in her life. She thanked us for taking care of her and loving her. She asks us to please watch over her son and that she is okay and no longer in pain. She also tells us that we will be okay. As I finish telling him about the letter, my mom comes into my room and wakes me up. She asks me for a pen and paper. I hand her a piece of paper. Uh, I, I hand her a piece of paper I had, and she starts to write. When she finishes, she hands it to me, saying she didn't know why, but something told her to write this and give it to me. When I read the letter, it was word for word what my best friend told me in my dream, and she signed it with her father's last name. Now, my mom only knew her by our mother's last name. No one outside her close relatives and myself knew her father's last name. So I was very confused as to how she signed it with her father's last name. I asked why or how she wrote this. My mom didn't know. She just wrote. I explained to her about my dream and she was as surprised as I was. I immediately called her husband and I told him about the letter in my dream. He agreed. They were all her words. My best friend came through with her promise. This made me a believer. I know there's more after death. That's a pretty beautiful story. It is. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, which, I mean, it's it's a little bit different than our spooky ones that we've had. Yeah. But it's right in line, though. You know, it's right in line with this kind of, uh, you know, this this after after death thought, right? Yeah. I mean, first off, whoever you are, anonymous, so sorry for the loss of your best oh, friend. Oh, yeah, without a I doubt. I can't imagine. And, yeah, it's like it's cancer, man. Like, yeah, the worst. Yep. It's a uh, hot take. Cancer bad. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for submitting that. I mean, I, I love those stories. I, honestly, it is, those are some of my favorites. Exactly. It's really cool. Like I, I like, and I mean, obviously I'm, you know, this helps, uh, this person anonymous, whoever you are, but it helps them be able to move on at that point. Like feeling like, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like it would give you that, that little bit of peace that you need, right. Yeah. To feel comfortable and to feel like not all of you is gone. You know, there's still there's still part of you out there that you know, is. Yeah. Whether you believe like that whole thing of watching over you or whatever else, like you know, like obviously that can be argued, but like I don't know, I feel like it's a very yeah, it's a very like welcoming thing. It's a very like you said, it's beautiful in this case. Yeah, so, it's awesome. So yes, thank you very much for sure. That's a really nice way to end the stories. Yeah, I like it. On a high yeah. note. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about my little encounter. Yes, let's hear it. Okay. I'm ready for it. So it was something small, but, you know, obviously we've just heard lots of people having these crazy situations. They're going to put yours to shame. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm just kidding. No, go for it. Okay, so this happened in mid-September. It was right after we had finished recording our episode on the Ackley family. 
Yeah, um, okay. Yeah, this is just, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. it was mid, mid-September. mid Okay, um, yeah. So, I go back into my bedroom after we wrap up, and I'm talking to my wife, and I tell her, I'm telling her the story from the episode that we just recorded. And I, okay, so she is lying in bed, and I'm between our bed and the door to our ensuite bathroom. Um, and the door is open. And while we're talking, all of a sudden we start hearing this sound of like rubber rubbing against the tile floor. Okay, like dragging across the tile floor. And I turn because I notice that she is looking past me. So I turn around to look at what she's looking at. And the bathroom door is just slowly and steadily closing. Okay. It goes from completely open to completely closed. So on now the, the on the bottom of your door, do you have like uh like one of those like weather strips or something like that that allows it to create like a seal? Is that like the rubber that you were hearing rub across the tile? No, so the rubber that I'm hearing is my wife has these um Uggs house slippers. Okay. With like the heavy rubber sole. Right. And one of those is in front of the door. Damn. And it's literally being pushed by the door as the door closes. And it's like skipping on the tile, like dragging right. on the tile. The door gets to the point where the slipper is now up against the threshold of the door, which is a little bit raised, right? And it pushes hard enough to flip the the slipper over on its side and the door completes closing. Okay. So there was like a bit of force behind that almost. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's nuts. I, I know that you've kind of told me this, but even listening back through it, I'm like, holy shit, this is cool. All right. Yeah. So I instantly like get this really weird feeling like something I've never felt before. Like I was, I walked over to the door and I was 100% convinced in my mind that when I opened that door, someone was going to be standing on the other side of it. Like, I don't know why I'm not, I'm not completely sure why I thought that, but I was 100% convinced that someone was on the other side of the door. So I turned the doorknob and opened the door and nothing. Hmm. The bathroom is empty. We also have several cats. So that was running in my mind. Like maybe a cat, was a cat was back there, there right. messing around and, and shoved the door shut. Nothing. Completely empty. There's no cats. And no, just for yeah. just for the sake of the argument, too, uh, neither one of you guys had recently been in there, right? So like it wasn't nope. like just happened to kind of grab the door as sometimes you'll do. I know I, I do it sometimes leaving, even leaving the right. the door open. I'll just kind of grab it and then move it slightly and just let it go. Right. But yeah, yeah, no, neither of us had been in there okay. and the door is not one of those doors that just swing closed by themselves. It's got um, some weight to it's it. It's not right. It's not, it's not one. It's like a hollow interior door. Okay. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And the hinges aren't, loose it's it doesn't like 
wobble back and forth. Not something that. that would normally ever happen. No, absolutely not. Now, aside from the like physically seeing it shut, the thing that makes this like, because I could probably rationalize like, oh, it was like leftover potential energy in the hinges, whatever. Right. I mean, you know yeah, we, I mean? Can, like, we can argue yeah. that all day of the poss- yeah. possibles, right? Like, yes. But what convinces me that this was something anomalous, something other is that feeling that I had standing in the doorway that that like human intuition when you know, you know what I mean? Like you just know things. Oh yeah. Oh, I I'm very familiar with that, that feeling. It's almost like that feeling of being watched, like feeling like there's something lingering in, in that dark, you know, the dark corner that light never reaches and whatever else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that feeling that someone was on the other side of the door, I mean, I was, it was so unsettling to be so wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> to have sure. that intuition and then for it to be incorrect, it was very unsettling. Like I was pretty fucked up about it for like two or three days afterward because I had never experienced it. I mean, like we've that. talked about this a lot of times, as you've mentioned on the show many times, like. Yes. You've never had an experience. You've been waiting. So let me just ask yeah. you. This has to feel good, though, right? You finally have it your wings. It does a little bit. Like you've, gotten, yes. you've gotten your first, <laughs> yeah. you know, just odd, anomalous, strange experience. Yeah. 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 I I feel like I'm, like, I need, like, a ticker tape, a tip, a ticker tape parade <laughs> or something. <Right. laughs> like... Yeah, I because I've been wanting one for so long, and it, it's about it time. finally happened. You know, and and as and as we even talked about when you when you first told me this story a couple weeks ago after it had happened, like just the fact that we talk about these things all the time, and you know, yeah. I feel like we're constantly le- like opening, just even even if it's just like slightly leaving just a crack and and this yeah. this door. You know, to these to these things, right? The potential for these things. You know, we're yeah. opening those and we're leaving that open. The more and more we discuss this, and the more and more like we allow, you know, allow this type of, uh, I guess, energy to come back at us because of how yep. open we are about it and how like how much we discuss it and like how much we can argue whether or not we believe in these types of things, right? So, like, yeah, I think you're you're finally. Your your door is finally opening. Yeah, or is, closing. Or, <laughs> or closing in this case. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, though. man. It yeah. It was it was super unsettling at first, and then it kind of dawned on me like, wait, I have one now. Right. Like I have like a baseline at least. Yeah. And I was so thankful that like, you know, because every time I bring that up which like you've mentioned, I have probably dozens of times at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm always like, but I don't want it to be scary. <laughs> of like, course. You don't right? want your first one to be like, like this little like demon yeah. child, like coming after you. Exactly. Yeah. And I, so I was very thankful that it was pretty innocuous. Yeah. You know, it's not, it was just, it's not bad. Just a slowly closing. It wasn't even a slamming door. It was just like a slowly, gently pressed door. It's like door. that subtle nudge, like letting you know, Hey, I'm here. Yeah. And we had just finished talking about the Ackley family story right. 
And the big, like, lingering question was, did the spirits go with the family? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know and, what I mean? um, A friend of mine has, has actually picked up the book that we talked about. So I'm awesome. hoping to get a copy of that soon. That's awesome. And that way, because we, yeah. we talked about going back and revisiting that, right? So we, yeah. we will. 100% we will. So I wondered if, like, maybe this was, like, a sign that, like, we were, you know, whichever way we were leaning... That maybe the spirits had moved away from that home. Yeah, because um, I know it had like decades of history yeah, absent of that's, any that's paranormal possible. activity after they moved out. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that's des- definitely possible. And I've, of course, I found out a little bit more information, you know, since, um, you know, about some some more of the spirits and you know leftover energy in the house and everything. Um, yeah. That. Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, I can't say a hundred percent cause I, I don't know where kind of it's ended up. Like I said, hopefully I will soon, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that is uh, I think it is a subtle, subtle, like nod to that for sure. Yeah. I like to think so. Mm-hmm. It's so cool yeah, though. That's, I'm that's proud of my you. Tale. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of the universe for letting me in. Right. For finally. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. As I continue to have weird stuff every day, like still, yeah, and a lot of it's subtle these days, like you know, like but uh, yeah. I, Do you feel like that's because you're more settled now? You're like your life is more stable now. I than think it was that's when you were that's younger. definitely a good possibility. Yeah, because being yeah. younger, like and just you know, I mean, the, the chaos. Yeah, exactly. Of like growing up and not, you know, like moving from from house to house as i was getting older and stuff and yep. especially during job. high school right exactly like, like you yep. know so all of that like life was always in non-stop motion um yeah. and now being able to be finally kind of settled down and um and also more open to it than i used to be yeah you know because yeah. used to like i didn't want to be open to it like i knew stuff happened and i tried to almost dismiss it uh most of the time so yeah that's i think that's that's most likely why i mean i'm it's still like i'll i'll hear like running down the other the literally the other night um this is probably about a week ago so maybe not the other night i can't really say that about a week ago <laughs> uh there was literally yeah. i was working so um but i was uh yeah i was sitting here and i was working and i just hear just running like pitter patter of feet running down my hallway and I like quickly scoot my in my chair to uh, the door, open it up, and I like stand up and look down the hall. Nothing, nothing there. Um, so I walk. I literally walk through all the rooms. Nobody else is home. I mean, it's just me. My my dogs are downstairs. You know, they don't come upstairs. So, uh, yeah, it was just like, oh, all right. <laughs> well, return to work now. I guess. What is your house ghost's name? Uh, we call him Jimmy. Excellent. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. even know why the name Jimmy became a thing, but yeah, Jim or Jimmy. I like to refer yeah. to him as Jim because I've been here for a couple years now, so he's getting a little older. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> At least in my mind. <laughs> but, you don't want to infantilize your house ghost, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You know, no, I I like that because I think um, if you when you study these things, if you focus on the experiencer, I think it's plain to see that the experiences regularly reflect the the experiencer right yeah you know what i mean like agreed 
the state that their life is in generally it's just like hippies say right the what you put out is what you get yeah right well i mean even even looking back at some of the cases that we've had you know some of these families that have been like they had to move into these some of these places because they literally had no money and like these places were really run down and you know in bad shape and they're constantly moving all over the place so yet they're continuing to experience all these experiences that keep coming with them because their life is literally in shambles at that point yeah yeah absolutely so I like how your experiences kind of reflect that same sentiment, right? That like as you've gotten more stable and more settled and your life has become ostensibly happier. Right. Right? Like yeah. you're more content with where you are. You're you're less afraid of the phenomenon than you were. Exactly. I mean right? and it's helped, um, you know, having this show, talking about it yeah. and being way more open than I used to be. And I mean, you Learning know, I'm a lot more about exactly. it. Exactly. Like you know, so like I even I'm I'm at the point where which we'll we'll talk about later, but you know, wanting to start doing investigations for uh for the show oh, to yeah. continue, you know, stuff like that. Um so yeah, I mean like being a lot more just open with everything than I used to be. And I think yeah. uh, I think it yeah, definitely reflects reflects positively in my case, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, I like that. This is uh what been our Halloween spooktacular listener story extravaganza 2022? There it is. And we are your hosts of the campfire tales of strange and unsettling. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. Have a good night and happy Halloween. <laughs>